Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded, amazingly enough, at the PW offices in New York City. <laughs> I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, co excuse me, editor of PW Comics World, and editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. And you can find us on Twitter at, at @pwcomicsworld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. You can subscribe to More to Come on the Apple Podcast app and on Google Podcasts and on Stitcher. And on social media, we are at facebook.com slash PW Comics World. And don't forget that on any of those platforms, you can give us a rating or leave us a message or give us a comment. And please let us know how we're doing. We love to get feedback from our listeners. All right. This week on More to Come. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This week on More to Come. (laughs) DC and Marvel go mobile. Amazon eats Comixology again. Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi kicks ass. (laughs) <laughs> NPR brings superhero back from the dead and much more. Anyway. Well, we've been talking about it for weeks on here that, that DC was going to be teaming up with Webtoon. And uh, that finally was announced this week. The first uh, DC Webtoon was went live on the Webtoon site. It's called Batman Wayne Family Adventures. Um, I would look and see on the Webtoon site right at this minute how many subscriptions and likes it has. But I can't get on the site. Something has happened yeah, to the Webtoon site. Weird. But at the last time we looked, it had probably like 200,000 That's what it looked like to me. Uh, it had like about almost 300,000. Yeah, probably about 11,000, 12,000 likes, which are different. Um, and so, which are pretty, look, I, you know, those are kind of spectacular numbers to us. And Webtoon, they're not like groundbreaking yeah. at all, <laughs> but does. they're strong. And mm. I have to say the, uh, the social media reaction to this trip was uh pretty positive. Yeah. Um and I have to say that in in fandom circles, by which I mean non professional comics people, but like, you know, just normal female people who read comics, it was incredibly positive to the fact to the point where people who were like, I'm just gonna wait for free were like, I had to buy the three <laughs> premium episodes. I couldn't wait two weeks to read them. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, you know, I you know, I read them. Uh, it, it's very charming. I I I love the way this it's designed. I think we we can talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, and we were in fact were talking a little bit about. Uh, I think it, it's very interesting. I think there's a shift going on between what's mainstream and what isn't mainstream. Uh, and, yeah, all which has always been an odd conversation when we start talking about American comics. But really, um, uh, well, this is kind of a look at of, of comics to come, the world of comics that we're uh, heading into now. Well, Calvin, I feel like we skipped a huge part of our, what got us to that point in our discussion before, and which I think is quite interesting, which is um, some of the response from prominent old school comics <laughs> critics well, toward this comic. I mean, it's... I, let me pre- preamble. Let me go roll it back just a little bit even further than that. You know, that this came out, it was a little bit curious to me that it came out during, uh, Batman week, the announcement for Batman week. I, you know, I got a 
PR from uh, my DC contact saying, here's all the stuff for Batman Week. And I'm looking at it's like, you know, including Webtoon. And I'm like, what? And then it just says Batman Wayne Family uh, Adventures. And there was uh, quite a few assets from like toys and um, all kinds of Batman related things and quite a few comic book things, but no art from this and no mention of who was doing it, which I, I found rather curious. And then, uh, then it was embarked. And then on the morning, I got an email from Webtoon's PR person and said, Oh, here is, uh, Wayne Family Adventures. And, uh, you know, just want you to know. And again, no art, no creative team. I think maybe that email did mention the creative team. I can't mm-hmm. look at it right now, but, um, it did not give me any assets. So it's almost as if they were, it was very strange. Except it, then, you know, we're going to get to, Marvel has also surprisingly dropped their own mobile scrolling comics this week. Uh, the, you know, DC's Wayne Family Adventures just dropped, was it yesterday or Tuesday? Yeah, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, just a couple of days yeah. ago. And then today is Thursday and here comes Marvel. So, uh, we have a lot to talk about, but, um, yeah, it wasn't like they, we're saying, um, you know, here's this comic. And it turns out like 10 people worked on it, which is fine. Uh, the writer is someone known as CRC Payne. I can't find any record of that person. Uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> she, her. And, um, so it could be a pseudonym. I have a feeling it's a pseudonym, but hmm. very funny script. I thought, I, I mean, thought it was great. I mean, I look, I don't read DC comics and I sat down and this, comic strip had every time they introduced a character, there's a lot of them, they put a little caption that said who it was and what their characters were. Yeah, they had a little Just character Just like they tree. do in manga and web mm. comics, but not in superhero well, comics. Well, actually, that is not true. Oh. That is actually a tradition in some of the more traditional Marvel comics where when they would bring a character in from a different title, then there would be a little box being like the Punisher, as seen last in issue four well, twenty yeah, yeah, But Kate, he is those. A, that yeah. was like the seventies and eighties. They don't <laughs> but, do that but, anymore. Yes, but what I'm saying is that it is hearkening back to an old comic yeah. tradition. Yeah, but I, it I does would, not belong re- only to manga. What I recall seeing was uh, a quick reference to a, a character family tree of the the Wayne family mm-hmm. uh, in the in the early stages of episode one. So, yeah. which kind of gave you a look see. But I mean, every time it said who it is. And of course, I do know, I'm not that much of a anti superhero fan that I don't know that there's Jason Todd. Yes. And there's, yes. there's, uh, you know. And that's what Dick, they did. Uh, Dick Grayson, and there's all these other Robins, and Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown, and there's Damian yes. Wayne. And I, I know that there's a lot of people in the Wayne family. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? They're introduced quickly, briefly. Yeah. They let they set it up, and then they get on yeah. with the story. And the, you know, I I didn't. I, I will say from my viewpoint, and I would love to hear. I'm going to go. I want to ask Calvin. Then I want to hear from Kate because I I know this this comic really landed for her. But uh, for me, reading it on the phone was seamless. There was frictionless. It was just a, I sped right through all three episodes. And uh, I laughed a few times and really enjoyed it. And, you know, I didn't pay for the next three, but I, I might just read them. That's the first Batman comic I've read all the way through in years. In Calvin? Well, I didn't read it on my phone. Well, Calvin, uh, what did you think of it? Well, I mean, look, I, I thought it was incredibly charming. Uh, it, it made me want more. I mean, I like I said, I don't necessarily read a lot of these comics through the apps. I often look at the app, take a quick look at it, and then I kind of look at it uh, through the laptop on the website. Um, and that's kind of what I did now. But I, I liked the story. I thought it was clever. Um, I like how they, 
you know, I, I don't read all of the, the, the newest superhero comics, but I try to dip in to, to just to try to keep as best I can some notion of what the world looks like nowadays. So uh, I'm familiar with all the characters, and I like the way they very quickly brought you into the story, gave you a sense of their personality, and then got right back to it. So I think it's obviously an auspicious beginning. Uh, I, 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 I was wondering if they were going to go on with this kind of, it, it, to me, manga-influenced style. They did. I think it's a great idea. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of it in the future, yeah. And and, and other DC characters. Yes, it's always the first. Because they're coming. Okay. So before I get into my reaction to it, which is overwhelmingly positive, I will say that um, part of why we were saying that, you know, is this new? Is this not new? Is this a departure? Is that some very old school uh antediluvian comics people were like, ah, this is not good. I don't get it. Which was very interesting because I said to Calvin and Heidi, ah, this is very mainstream. Yeah. Because to my eyes, it is. Mm. Right? And I'm I'm not a kid. I'm as we've as you've heard many times before, dear listeners, a millennial. So I am, I'm not the 13 year old and I'm, I'm not Calvin. Um, <laughs> that's okay. That's not a dig, Calvin. It's, it's okay. just that I'm not you. Look, you know, we can't hide our age anymore. Calvin. Calvin's laughing. So I, yeah. <laughs> but go on. Yeah. Well, that's, it's not a, that's not a dig, Calvin. That's all right. It's, it's an age related comment, but it's fine. It's right. Fine. Right. I, don't I just, dispute any of it. yeah, I just am a different generation <laughs> exactly, than either. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so. Um, to me, it looked very mainstream. And I'm somebody who has been reading DC Comics all along. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like DC Comics looked 20 years ago. But it does look like it's well within the range of normal superhero art today. I mean, it looked to me a lot like the Teen Titans cartoon. And when did that come out? It It actually looks a little more like... Looking way back to the late nineties, uh, like the, the Tim Dini Batman cartoons. I mean the, the Paul Dini, Tim, Paul Dini, Bruce Tim. Yeah. But I meant, I meant that Tim Dini. Yeah, that's what I meant. Tim slash Dini. I'll go along with that too, cause I, yeah, I, well, I think that, that's manga influence well, too. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, but I, I mean, yeah, I did say that Bruce Tim's designs for Batman the Animated Series are the most influential yeah. designs in, you know, the last 50 yeah, years of I, comics I, yeah. by that's far. That's a good point. I think that's a very you good know? point. Um, yeah. And they definitely did influence a lot of yeah. things. And uh, so, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, to me, it looked like a webcomic. And I mean, the fact that we're arguing over it is sort of weird because to me, webcomics have this hybrid style that brings together animation mm. and manga and yeah. and yeah. contemporary big two comics yeah. and yeah. European and yeah. everything. Well, okay. I'm going to finish talking about this comic. Um, yeah. But as somebody who reads a bunch of webtoons... As well as webcomics as a whole. Different thing. One is a subsection of the other. Um, this definitely looked very Western to my eyes. Yes, it's family tree of this star- style of art is heavily manga influenced at one point in the past. That's all. But that, it, that's my only point. Yeah, which I do not disagree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
it is it does not look what's coming like what's coming out of Japan or Korea today. It does not look like the Korean webtoons. It looks very American. And it, it looks as I said, it looks like a certain number of DC superhero comics today. So like I at first was like, what? And I was like, oh yeah, well they didn't look like that twenty years ago. It is true. Um but it's clearly both written and drawn by people who not only get webtoons and get the pacing and get what kind of story is going to hit on here, of which there are many different kinds, but this is one of them. Um, but they really, really not only get superhero comics, they, they get Batman. Like, reading it as someone who's read a lot of Batman, whoever wrote this, CRC, whoever she may be. CRC Payne. Uh, uh, yeah. CRC Payne, whoever she may be, uh, has read a lot of Batman, knows these characters well. It, it reads like a synthesis of, of the animated versions throughout the generations for kids and the lighter side of the superhero comics into something that's very all ages friendly without being toothless or personality free. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's just a fun, good time comic that doesn't turn everybody into a pod person. It's, it's just a, it's just a, a romp. It's I mean, a romp. It's, it's, I, I have to say, when they announced this first, announced the Webtoon DC collaborate, collab, uh, I imagined a comic, and this is the comic I imagined. Yeah, really. Me too. Uh, really, I, I wasn't surprised. I was uh, delighted actually because it did come out kind of how I thought it would do. I was wondering whether they would go there, and they have. But but I think what what Kate's saying is right. I mean, that's where it is. That's where. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, uh, I'm not a uh, a devoted superhero reader. I'm a sporadic superhero reader now. But just in my glancing around, I can understand. Even though I was, I'm sort of harking back, yeah, a few years um, to what may you know what i conceive as the former mainstream but really it's changed yeah and it's changed in the interim and what's going to be interesting (laughs) to see is the as the other characters roll out um how as you put up the antediluvian generation of comics professionals and um and pundits you know how they react to the fact that the world has moved on and these characters remain to be reinterpreted by this new uh, generation. Yeah. And I will say that I was very impressed because I have seen some very, I just read the Wikipedia mm. uh, takes on superheroes for new media. You know, like, no offense to a lot of the YA about various different superhero characters or all ages reinterpretations, but a significant number of them read like a very good writer read a Wikipedia and then did their own thing. And that tends to tick off established fans. Whereas this was of a piece. You know, it it felt like the characters you know and love. Just more of them. Yeah. You know, I do think what's interesting, well, I think there's a couple things that are interesting. One is that uh, Webtoon, their social media has really been playing this up. 
I haven't seen that much come out of DC. Mm. I do think DC might have been a little surprised by the the hubbub <laughs> that this, like, you know. That, I mean, I just a guess. That's just a guess. Yeah. Okay? Oh yeah, I think you're and, right. So I DC, think you're absolutely DC right. Folks, I know some of you listen to this, so you know you can d- d- anonymous. You can use the, you know, my tip line is open. You, so <laughs> you guys, you guys, you can. You can you can capitalize on this now, right? Like this is your property. You can have fun. You can make some cash. Like this is good. Yeah. Well, and also, I he's told me he's writing a whole column about all of the recent developments. But who's he? Uh, if you let me finish my sentence, I'll tell you. It's a little anticipation there. Um, that uh, that Brian Hibbs is mm. going to write a column. So he's kind of who we're uh, alluding to. I will say that's a it's a Facebook. It's a public Facebook posting, but, uh, I will say, uh, he did, he doesn't really feel like the fact that the webtoon has a lot of likes or subscriptions will impact comic sales at all. He says, generally and truly, I don't think that those are valuable metrics in the sale of books any more than I would consider the popularity of TikTok videos as a compelling reason to think a short bite TV model would work. It didn't. He doesn't seem to get it. I'm not even sure what his point is. He he thinks that <laughs> he's compared. Sorry, go on. He, I think he's saying that it's impossible to monetize, and that it doesn't mean anything to the rest of comics. He and I think he's wrong on both fronts. First of all, he's com- he's conflating uh, views online with print sales. He's, well, that's what I think. That's what he was saying. That now, they're not the same. thing. That is no, no. He's not saying that. He's he's saying that the fact that this webtoon has. Um, a lot of readers, which it does, mm-hmm. even if it's not a lot by webtoon standards, will not lead to people coming into his shop to buy comics because his comics don't look like this. Well, they are, uh, yeah, and and there there are no books compilations of this in his shop. Now, if that is to happen, and it may happen, he may have to change his tune. Yeah, but you you he, he's sort of presuming something that hasn't been announced, uh, although has probably been discussed somewhere within the webtoon DC world uh, because we see that they are putting out print. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, what we seem to find out a lot of the, you know, the the generation, this generational divide is they seem to think that comics stop with their impression of it, even though we're in a, we're in a moment now where comics is, is moving into another, a whole other realm. Yes. Yeah. And quite frankly, this also brings up another thing, which... I, I try not to say on our podcast because we do have a lot of uh, retailer listeners, but I'm sorry. Some retailers, much as they are wonderful comics fans and brilliant people, do seem to feel like the comics industry exists to serve retailers. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of does, well, but, but, yes, but I mean that, that, but that, that like, <laughs> that, that if it doesn't make money for a comic shop, it doesn't make money. But, you know, like a successful and, and also monetized webtoon makes money for DC, makes money for the writers and artists, makes money for webtoons and, and readers read it and pay money for it. Like that's, that's commerce. That's comics that gets somewhere. It just has nothing to do with your corner store except for in the compilation. Well, it's, it just cracks me up that retailers are all in a stew about Substack, you know, and uh, we've everything. They're always in a stew about it. And this, they're like, eh, whatever. You're like, they just don't, they, it has no impact on that. They're just you, like, go oh, fine, fine, you kids go read your You can make the case comments. 
that any enlargement of the world of comics, in my view, any enlargement of the ecosystem uh, benefits everybody. It, in it the does. Long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Well, this that's is good. A, that's the you know rising tide lifts all boats argument that has been used for a lot of things in comics. You know, the Spawn would sell the success of Spawn twenty years ago or thirty years ago would help sell more comics of uh, you know True Swamp. I mean, I'm not sure that's true, but. Uh, you know what? I do say that the existence of Spawn and making money for comic shops enabled shops that, a few of them that ordered True Swamp to stay in business and to eventually exactly. sell some comics. It wasn't necessarily yeah, it, the it, audience. It, it, it was, it was more like of the independent and, comics movement. Right. And yeah. I think that now we have such a broad, much broader base of revenue from so many different streams that it's, it's just a lot healthier. And you know, speaking of which, you know, Marvel did the exact opposite of DC. So they announced a relaunch of their Marvel Unlimited mm-hmm. service and app. Okay. Now that the Marvel Unlimited is, I props to them. It launched in 2007, yeah. 14 years ago as the first kind of streaming all you can eat comic service and, yeah. you know, way ahead of its time for $10 a month. Absolutely. You could read all the comics you wanted up until six months. So like, like they, they gave them a embargo of six months. Before. It was almost like the entire Marvel backlist. Right. The yeah. The ones, that, everything they've digitized. Yeah. yeah everything mm-hmm. they've digitized. So it's very good. Now, uh, and that's been a very successful service, although obviously there were some flaws with the uh, the integration, you mm-hmm. know, finding comment, findability. Um, but today they announced that they were relaunching the app, and they've done it in conjunction with Disney, so it's got a lot of bells and whistles. And more importantly, kind of stealth, I had sort of heard a little bit about this in, over the last while, but this must have been in the works for quite a while. And once again, this did not leak out, which amazes me. But... um 27 new digital streaming mobile webtoon format comics uh, with X-Men, Captain America, uh, the land, Jeff the Land Shark. I mean, all sorts kinds of characters. Black Widow uh, by Jonathan Hickman, Declan Shelby, um, all kinds of big name creators. And uh, they say they're going to do 100 of them before the year is out. So pretty huge investment in uh, the mobile comic streaming format. In fact, uh, what did they say? They they literally referenced. They said, "This is what we're doing. We're doing that." It's they said, "Tell me you're doing webtoons without telling me you're doing webtoons." <laughs> but um, um, trying to find the the terminology they used because it was a little bit funny. But uh, anyway. Uh, have you guys seen any of these? Do either of you use Marvel Unlimited? Uh, no. I, I don't use it. But I, 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 I used okay. to use Marvel Unlimited, um, until the fact that I didn't carry a tablet with me everywhere, and it was very awkward on a phone or iPod, just made me go, you know, I don't use this very much, and I unsubscribed. Mm. So, so it, it was an earlier model. Of digital comics, it was it had, had a lot of material. It just was a pain in the butt to use. Um, you know, so um, I do know a lot of people who do swear by it. Uh, they've since lowered the the embargo from six to three months, and I'm hearing with this new uh, app, they might have made it the window even shorter. But uh, some of the people: Jonathan Hickman, Declan Shelby, Scotty Young, Dax Gordine, Alyssa Wong, Nathan Stockman, Kelly Thompson, Jerry Duggan. Lucas Wardek and Jeffo, uh, with more to come. And so what's interesting to me about this is that, um, you can't even look at it without 
giving them money. <laughs> you you could sign up for a free week, which I tried to do, and then iTunes charged me for seventy dollars, which I am going to get refunded. I'm going to poke around a little bit before I get a refund uh, because they said I get a free week, so yeah. I'm going to get my free week. Um, but it's pretty pretty paywall. I mean, mm. it's like you can't even. And they did not, aside from Jonathan Hickman and Declan Shelby do this expert unlimited comic. Uh, they did not say at all, oh, we're doing Jeff the Landshark by Kelly Thompson. Uh, they didn't list the teams for these titles or anything in any of the PR. And, and I can't find it. You know, I can't, the only way I could find the teams for these comics is literally to have to pay $10 to, you know, yeah. for this app. Because this is new for Marvel Unlimited because they weren't doing new digital comics or were they? They have been doing them on and off. Uh-huh. And as I pointed out on Twitter, Marvel never lets a f- term go to waste. They This is called Infinity Comics, but they've been doing Infinite Comics for years, and the Infinite Comics have changed quite a bit. At first, they were the AR comics, remember? Like mm. you would point your, your phone at them and a little guy, and if Kate's making a raspberry fart sound and thumbs because down, because nobody liked them. It was stupid. It was, it was It was crappy. It was farty. And um, and then they were like the kind of comics where you, you know, click and the balloon comes up and, you know, not motion comics, but kind of thrill bent comics or, you know, I think Alex DeCampi and, uh, Christine Larson are credited with doing some of the first comics in this format. And, uh, you know what? That didn't last either. It turns out the only storytelling trick you want for comics on a phone is vertical scrolling. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really makes sense. Now, I mean, I, like I said, I don't really read a lot of comics. I I sort of check a few out, and then because the size of the comics do sort of get to me after a while, right? Um, but you know what? That's the that's the world that we live in now. And yeah, that's where comics are coming in there. And I do think also for me, it's a little easier reading on a tablet. Right, right. Well, you could read them on the tablet, but you can't mm-hmm. read them on your desk desk. Uh, Tom. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about these comics is I started to read the launch comic, which is by Hickman and Shelby. You know, Jonathan Hickman is a big superstar who's leaving to do Substack comics. But, um, so obviously this has been in the works for quite a while. And you know, I gotta be honest, and you know, Jonathan or Declan, if you're listening, no offense to you. It's just, I read the first panel and I was immediately bored from the first panel and I could not read this comic. So, uh, sign me up for Webtoon. And it's not because it was free. Or anything. It was just, I, it didn't, it bored me. It just bored me. Is it a page format? I mean, it's a scrolling comic. Is this a scrolling? No, it's a scrolling. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a scrolling comic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I yeah, obviously haven't been able to see it. Well, I mean, I think <clears throat> Marvel is, is falling behind on the freemium model. Yes. <laughs> yes they there want no part nothing, of it, apparently. Yeah, they want no part of freemium. <laughs> and, but the funny thing is, is that like, as, as someone who has bought comics in stores and comics from Comicsology and comics on webtoon apps, like if you are not careful and you do not do good math, you can definitely end up spending more on a freemium web comic than you would on that same comic on the on the the bookstore shelves. Well, I, I'm looking right now and I see some. Uh, it says a little blurb from Marvel Comics. Introducing Marvel's Infinity Comics, 
told in a visionary vertical format. <laughs> uh, invented is, by somebody else other uh, than us. Yeah, invented by... <laughs> and, and, that's and you know, ten years ago, been, yeah, uh, huge in Asia. You know, but for we're going to jump on about it and not twenty any years. <laughs> so. We're going to jump on it and t- twenty years later, and that makes us visionaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense, guys, we're glad you're doing it, but like visionary, really? Yeah, really? I, it is pretty. It's pretty um, hardcore the how Marvel really paywalled and uh, gated this content. Um, so it's really. A different model. It's a different model to get people like me to shell out $10 a month to get this Marvel Unlimited app. And, you know, just the idea that there's some uh, Marvel content that you might not have seen is enough to get people to pay $10. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about Shang-Chi. So I will say, Marvel, your brand is strong. So, But I get why you're visionary. Yeah, their their brand is strong. But their marketing savvy in this is shooting themselves in the foot. You'd think that even if they wanted no dirty, dirty free content on the app itself, that they would be posting like pages or teaser issues other places online so that people would like get a taste and be like, oh, I like this one. Maybe I pay them money. Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, the mobile comics, you know, model, which is to give you something free and then you can buy ahead if you really can't wait any longer, which very often happens. You've got a good story. Yeah. Uh, it just makes sense in the world we live in. Right. And then that's actually one of two models, neither of which is Marvel doing. Some of them make you pay for almost all of the episodes, mm-hmm. but at least give you like three or four chapters free yeah. to try it out and yeah. see if you like it. Yeah. yeah. There is no lost leader here yeah. for yeah. this. As far as I could tell, I even asked them and said, is there any way to read these comics free? You know what? They didn't, they didn't write me back. <laughs> and, 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 and just to return once again to this thing, the notion that comics that are different from the ones that you kind of decided you like, that somehow or other, if they're not like that, there's something wrong with them. Uh, fellas, that's not going to fly. Well, anymore. these comics are just like you know, Marvel comics. These are not... Yeah, no, these, yes. these, these are, are Marvel's yes, comics. These are. What I've seen of them yeah. are 100% yeah. Okay. Well, this is traditional this is and yeah. not, yeah. you know, they went exact opposite way that DC is mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, it looks like very different purposes. They are not doing it to extend their brand because they don't need to. They have the strongest brand in the history of the universe. So, well, if the Starbite who is, uh, illustrating this comic is who Google the, the, is the Batman t- comic. Yes. The Batman comic is, uh, who Google is leading me to believe this person is? Uh-huh. They are twenty-one years old. Prince Canary, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, once again, that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, either. wouldn't surprise the age. me. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Well, well. Speaking of digital comics. Oh well, <laughs> speak of digital comics. You think you speak of comicsology? Yeah. Yes. And um, you know, Comicsology, which is owned by Amazon, mm-hmm. it is the digital comics marketplace of Amazon, uh, Amazon.com, bought, acquired in 2014. Well, they are moving to another level of of uh, integration. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because I, I was that's lost a polite way to put it. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I think anybody would have expected this to come. Uh, uh, whatever you think of it, it's happening. Uh, I think there's some awkward parts of it. Yeah. Uh, now look, I use Comixology. I read, I buy comics on it. I read comics on it. 
Uh, I, for for me, it's great when there's something I gotta see right away. Very often, that's why I buy something through it. Uh, or you know, I just want to see something and I don't want to wait. Um, uh, but I do think that there there uh, uh, there's there's some there's a, they're a little being a little myopic myopic about how they're merging these two sites together because really even though they say that uh comicsology uh and comics will have a broad storefront i found it incredibly difficult to find oh if you don't follow the link in the press release it's very difficult oh. well i don't think they've I gotten thought. there well i don't think they've had their brand rollout yet yes they have didn't it launch on september 1st well, yeah, but the, I mean, uh, it's kind of a soft open. But it's also just to, uh, to, you know, the bad news is that the comicsology.com will be going away and it will be replaced by the storefront. So I hope that, Calvin, I hope that they do. I think when you go to comicsology.com, it's going to redirect to the new storefront. Well, so. today's, what he was doing today, I assume there will be more evolution in it, but today you, it, it still takes your, to the comicsology.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my concern is how, you know, while mucking around on Amazon, how do you, how do I find my books? How do I find my account? Uh, if I want to pull up a book that I, I know I bought on comicsology, how do you do it? And I didn't see too many instructions. Yeah, it's not about that. It says the word comicsology up at the top, but it, the branding on here is very, very minor. Yeah. I got to yeah. be honest. So, and, and there's also more to it than just that, that readers may lose pre-existing books it's this is going to decimate backlist because right now backlist is set it and forget it you sub you submit your book digital or physical you're done that's it goodbye but now with this reformatting any book that wants to continue to be on comiXology amazon needs to reformat the entire thing and resubmit it in order to be well, there. That, uh, I would those no, that's not correct. That's not true. Only comics so only submit titles that yeah, we've done to the submit submit the whole, program, yeah. which is still thousands of titles. I mean, yeah. you're right. not wrong about right. This. You're right. The but, the right. the ones that are not comicsology yes. submit, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, no, they're they're available now they're because gonna... they've been they've been, listen. Amazon's been pushing its Kindle format for a few years mm-hmm. now. And like, if you look up a book on Amazon, it comes up as the Kindle edition first. Yeah. So, you know, they are, I'm looking at the page right now while, while we're talking. It says Comixology Unlimited, which is their own kind of all you can eat service. Yes. Uh, hopefully not going away. Jesus, I hope not. Uh, Kindle Unlimited, it has a lot of books, but, but, but Comixology Unlimited and Kindle Unlimited are, it's going to be, look, I am an Amazon Prime member despite my bitching and moaning because <laughs> i uh like to get my pri- uh, you know my packages fast and you know i it's i have to watch content i have to watch amazon i have to watch the boys i have to watch invisible i have to watch things that are on amazon so um it's a you know it's a business expense for me <laughs> yeah. um and but but and you're going to get to read a lot of free comics via kindle yeah. unlimited and comicsology right but the fact remains that most of the people submitting to Comixology Submit do not have tech minions to reformat right. their books into whatever format Amazon Comixology wants today. So there's definitely going to be I mean, I, some backlog. I mean, Comixology Submit titles are like any other digital title on, no. on Comixology. 
I, I buy them. I have. No, but I have, no, no, Calvin. Calvin. No, no, they, no, no, they no, no. Listen to that us. They were going to. That they're changing the. the yeah. No, that the, if, if you want your comic to still be up there, you have to. You have to reformat it. Yeah. Or for, they're going to take Kindle it out of the my store. Bet, my bet. Kindle Direct Publishing, which, to be fair, is my an bet. incredibly successful platform. Yeah. My that bet. thousands and thousands of, of authors that made something like twenty six million dollars or something like that. So. Um, yeah, I it mean, is, it, it's not like you're going from, you know, this great visible platform, Commissary, submit to a dark corner of the internet. You're actually no. going to a very prominent, but you're right. Kate. But you you're have to actually do yeah, it. You're, you're 100% right. Correct. And, and then I also, I also wonder how that's going to affect the Comixology accounts of people who have bought those submit comics. Well, I have a lot of them, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious myself. Will they vanish? Right? So, you know, there's a big FAQ online about this, and um, I think they will, as far as I can yeah. tell. Uh, it doesn't really... I haven't looked... I've only looked at the, the FAQ for um, creators. I haven't looked at it for readers. So... Um, you know, listen, nothing lasts forever in the cold November rain, you know, uh, including digital comics, especially digital comics. Um, formats are changing all the time. So, Well, they, they can last forever if you know what you're doing. Dear listeners, if you have legally bought Kindle or Comixology books, I am here to tell you that there are apps and programs on the Internet that will download them into other ebook formats, which you can save for your own okay, personal use. Okay, that's really dangerous, but sure. I mean, I'm I'm not saying <laughs> stealing anybody else's. I'm saying downloading the ones you own and putting yeah. them in other formats so that you can save them on your hard drive, so that Amazon won't vanish them. Won't steal them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm going to read what it says in the FAQ just to make this clear. Will my existing submit books automatically be made available to Amazon customers on the brand new Amazon.com storefront? Amazon.com, not Comixology. That's Heidi. Um, Mm -hmm. No, you will need to publish your books on KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, to have them available to customers on Amazon. Starting this fall, the Comixology storefront will be redirecting customers to a brand new experience, a brand new experience on Amazon.com. As a result, publishing your books to Amazon via KDP will be required if you wish to continue earning royalty payments. So that's a lot of work for some Hmm. people. Yeah. But um, but Katie, but Calvin, what do you I mean, know about I have, KDP? I mean, I've never done the process myself, but it's it should be fairly easy. I mean, this is one of the most popular and well used um, processes in self publishing. Uh, it's a huge, huge. It, it really it's its own uh, publishing universe. Uh, you can publish exclusively on KDP, and though almost every you know digital person. Uh, will tell you not to do so, that to make your book available as widely as possible. There's plenty of people that publish exclusively through KDP. So, you know, and no. they sell a ton of books. Let me tell you, according to an article in Publishers Weekly, more than 1,000 uh, KDP authors, oh, I need to edit this, had royalties surpassing $100,000 in 2020. That's more than 1,000 people made $100,000 each. And the total royalties last year via KDP were more than 370 million. So it's quite successful. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I will say a little something, which I mean, this is secondhand knowledge, but, um, a friend of mine, friend of the show, Eve Taggart, uh, puts self published books out through KDP 
and including one under her real name called Eat the Dead, mm-hmm. which is a humorous uh, zombie story in which billionaires are delicious. Nice. And she has, I've witnessed her spend hours as a normal person try to figure out how to format her books just right so that KDP is happy with them. Mm. So I think I think a lot of comics creators are going to have some blood, sweat, and tears reformatting, but it, it will probably be worth it in the end financially if they do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the process is like, but, they, you know... It's picky. Moving through the comics. But, I, you know, it's interesting. I saw... Uh, who's the comics writer? Uh, uh, Joshua Falkoff. Um, he did a, a panel once, I think, at New York Comic Con, and he, he talked about it. And he's an online publisher. He's done, he's done a lot of self-publishing, and he's been published... By, you know, various comics publishers as well, Image and other people. Yeah. And he gave a little talk about it. He said, I know how to do this. I know how to publish online. I did it. I set up my thing to sell my print books, rather. Uh, I know how to do this. I set it up. But then I also set up, you know, sold my books through Amazon. I sold a nice amount of books, he said, Mm. through my own site. I didn't come close to the number of books I sold on Amazon. Mm. I sold so many. It made my own site irrelevant right yeah well amazon look that's kdp i feel that these changes are sad because comicsology has been a very strong brand and obviously is a yeah. real pioneer now they are real visionaries into the they are. comic space they are true David visionaries. absolutely visionary and the fact that it's kind of getting just subsumed into a arm of Kindle is unfortunate. And, you know, look, Amazon goes by metrics. If they discover they sell fewer books this way, they'll change it. Yeah. They'll change it back. You know, if sales go down, they'll change it back. However, they're going to have more integration on the Amazon website. As Calvin's story reveals, it's like they're going to have referrals and they're going to have, if you bought, you know, most consumers bought this too, even more than they did before. So, you know, it's a trade-off. And if you believe Amazon is a big, horrible, evil corporation, which it is, <laughs> uh, you're going to be, have some problems with this, but, uh, you know, like you, you, Amazon can't live with them, can't live without well, them. My, my hope is that they learn from Comixology's programming. Yes. Because Comixology was designed for a comics experience and it did the very best it could at bringing a paper page to the screen in the best way it could. And so I hope that uh, the Kindle people don't feel the need to reinvent the wheel and have learned from Comixology. Okay, I'm done. And, and I've been, just been fooling around on the Amazon search engine now. And if you, if you, if you search for, for Comixology uh, or Kindle Comics, uh, you, will, you will eventually get a link to Comics homepage. Mm-hmm. And that will send you to a very well-illustrated page of uh comicsology digital comics. Um now going from there to finding your stuff is uh, is another issue. Yeah. Well you well you should in theory be able to find it all on your Kindle or your Kindle app. You're gonna need a new app and not the comment but you know they did also revamp the comicsology app. Again, uh you know people are on their phones all the time so they made the uh, they they're making these things very very phone friendly so the comicsology app will be standalone and you will be yeah. able to look at your purchases so there. it will continue kind to of, exist kind of i guess as a sort of a kindle app just for comics yeah so yeah i mean once again i tend to actually access comicsology generally through a laptop well, so. well i'll tell you all of us press types were very sad because comicsology is the, you know 
there's it's purpose built for comics. And when you yeah. go on there and you click on a comic, it shows you who is written by, the art mm-hmm. by, cover by, the genre, uh, everything for you know all the the demographic. Which to be fair, Amazon has too. Uh, and if you needed the cover, this is where uh, almost everybody I know, uh, Comicsology was the go-to. And the interiors. You could also get the, you know, snag a page if you needed the art. Well, I mean, so the that very old. exist on Amazon. And you can buy and read instantly. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that was the very first cool. thing Comicsology brought before they even had any digital comics. Yeah. Its, it's original form was that it would tell you all that information about upcoming comics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully the app will remain useful. But, um, yeah, more changes. More changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just a very quick note about some of the other things that we've been talking about. Uh, you know, THR uh, had a big article about the Substack move, and it had some little bit of gossip in there. The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, the Hollywood Reporter. I'm sorry, what did I say? THR. Which is, oh, yeah, which but, is the Hollywood but Reporter. But it is, but I'm just but saying for our listeners. Yes, in case you don't know. Okay. <laughs> Um, I was wondering are... what I said there. Playboy well, had a really so inside great... baseball. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter had an article, and it suggested that um, I'm trying to find the 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 spicy spicy part here. Uh, it suggested that James Tinyan sources tell the Hollywood Reporter that Tinyan nabbed about five hundred thousand dollars for an upfront fee. With importantly, Substack making no claim to the intellectual property. So, meaning, in addition to all the revenue split, he holds all the rights. So, no wonder he's so gleeful. That's a good well, bit of money. The have been six figures. Yes. Yes. And now, the, uh, it says, uh, Hollywood may be the next target for Substack. The venture capital-funded newsletter platform is investing heavily in enlisting creators for its push into original comic books with one source pegging the figure north of $30 million over the next few years. So, <laughs> How do you make numbers. a small fortune in comics? <laughs> Start with a Start large Start with a large one. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and I think you mentioned, so. I mean, I, I think one of the other things going around is everyone wants to see these comics, and everyone wants to know how, well, what, yes. will, and, how will we access them. And they them. mentioned on their blog, on the, <laughs> Substack, in an email? On the I hope not. Substack blog, that they would be using Panels, which mm-hmm. is an app that is yeah. available on iOS uh, for reading comics. In fact, if you... Got your comics sometimes from sources that were a little gray. I think yeah, you could read it I, through panels. I think so. I used to have that app yeah. years ago when there was a whole bunch of apps proliferating for yeah. manga and other things, usually pirated. Yeah. So I don't know. They Maybe they've cleaned up their act apparently well, by now. Well, what I will say is that the CBR and CBZ file, yeah. although invented for pirates, is actually much beloved right. by indie creators just formatting yeah, digital yeah, comics absolutely. to sell. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's a it's a good format yeah. for formatting digital comics. And we've seen we've seen uh, various, you know, uh platforms go from, you know, uh, you know, uh illegal uh, copyright infringement material to uh to stri- uh, legit Crunchyroll comes to mind immediately. Yeah. 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 So, um Anyway, listen, that's the movie forward. We're sure to be talking about it again mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, but they are, Substack, uh, is, is starting out with a pretty large fortune yep. to, yeah, to so we'll invest see. in comics. We'll see where it hits. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting to, to get some clue as to how these comics are going to be pre- presented. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Well, speaking of branding and, uh, all that stuff, um, we wanted to mention, uh, Shang-Chi, Marvel's latest movie is Box Office, uh, which, and 
I mean, you know, this Marvel can know no wrong. I mean, we were making fun of them for, you know, saying they were visionaries, but I mean, I can see why they think that their their poop smells like roses. I got to be honest, because Shanchi, biggest Labor Day opening ever, not post pandemic ever. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, this movie smashed records, second biggest opening of the pandemic era after Black Widow, another Marvel movie. Uh, it has an almost all Asian cast. Uh, you know, I, but most of the Asian viewers that I've seen, this is a movie for Asian Americans. It is kind of like yeah. the second, uh, coming of Crazy Rich Asians. Just so, you know, people react to this yeah. movie really strongly. Well, and Black which is Panthers wonderful. for the Asians. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, Marvel, you know, even I, I sometimes read the Ankler on here, uh, by Richard Rushfield, which is usually really up in the, the, um, you know, the weeds of Hollywood. And he hardly ever talks about nerdy stuff, but he just, he, it's just, Disney, whatever you say about Disney, with Marvel, they have a group that has a clear vision and confidence that isn't looking to hop on the back of anyone else's success. Yep. Uh, a movie city of us survives is an operation dedicated to the business of dazzling and delighting audiences, taking risks, surprising the world, and constantly evolving the business you're in. And you know what? Marvel uh, has done it. You know, Marvel. Yeah, and they're really doing it in their media side, yeah. in the big way, in the TV TV shows as well. Yeah, and I just say, I don't want to go crazy praising Kevin Feige. You have to leave room to tear him down next week. But this was achieved by someone who isn't necessarily the sharpest business mind, not the greatest credentials, or with the fanciest degree on earth. But he made a great film and keeps doing it because he had, was and remains first and last a fan of the stories he's telling. Yeah. And, you know, he gets what people like about it. He does. That is the most important thing. I cannot emphasize this enough in publishing or creating a movie yeah. or anything is understanding why people like what you're creating. Yes. He has an instinct. And it's instinct. It's not like he could sit down and explain it to us. He just gets it. You yeah, know? just get it. And yeah. they also, boy, man, do they luck out. I mean, the casting and Shang-Chi is so good. So good. But it's, I can't wait to see it. But and what was the what was the box office? What that 71 million? It made like 70, 70 million, which yeah. is a record for Labor Day cuz usually everybody's off at the beach on Labor mm. Day, you know. Um they Check had something. I will say they they hired this one actress, Menger Zhang, to play uh Shang-Chi's sister in it. She's another kung fu badass and she had never done martial arts before. I thought she was a trained martial artist cuz she was so good. Um, she's completely like she completely rocks. Like mm-hmm. she's uh, she never made a movie before. This is her wow. first movie. She's almost a complete unknown. She's just done some stage work, and she had a background in dance, and she cool. nails it. It's it's just they they can't go wrong. They just can't cool. go wrong. It's it's and I I do I had look I had some issues with Shang Chi just because I'm a big master kung fu fangirl. I know it's a horribly racist colonialist book, but the good parts of it I really love as I was growing up. But you know what? I'm the kind of person that this movie has almost nothing to do with that. And I'm not the kind of person who shits on everyone. Pardon me. Beep, beep. I'm not the kind of person (laughs) who uh, criticizes and bullies other people for liking a new version of something that means a lot to me. You know what? I still have my comic books, and that's all I need. You You're go. welcome to enjoy this new version. So, you yeah. know, suck at Star Wars and, fans. And also, <laughs> um, the numbers you're you're bringing up here, that's in the United States. 
Yes. Worldwide, yeah. it made more money than that. Yeah. Worldwide, it made $157 million right. to date. Which is, look, people were willing to risk getting COVID to go to the theater to see a movie with an almost unknown Marvel character who had never been on the screen before starring a cast of mostly unknowns on a weekend when they would normally be at the beach and they, they did it. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. gave it a nine. It's like ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the power to Marvel. It's it's it's, yeah. it's, phenomenal. it's phenomenal. So you guys, we alluded to this last week, but or last time we were together. But I, we should do a media show, right? Mm-hmm. Where we look back at some of the shows that we've watched. Yeah, yeah we need to do that. Yes. We do. And yeah. We will. All right, all right. Speaking of media, how about the old media? That the, the radio media oh. upgraded to podcast media, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, the, 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 this NPR show, uh, what's the name of it again? Planet Money. The uh, Planet Money, but I, uh, but th- th- didn't this particular episode okay, so have a, have a, it's, have a, his own name? It's, uh, they had a, a series on Planet Money called, yeah, what was let's see, the exact name is Planet Money Buys a Superhero. Okay. And so, it has finally come to fruition. So, Planet Money, this NPR show and podcast as well, uh, likes to do real life experiments to try to illustrate <laughs> the right. way different um, businesses work. Like one time they tried to sell Christmas trees in order to explain to listeners how the selling of Christmas trees works, for example. And they have a famous show about uh, uh, making a t-shirt also. Right. Um, so in order to look into the whole business of superheroes, not just, uh, the making of the comics, so that too, but also the merchandising, um, and also, you know, how these vintage characters, um, get brought back by one comic book company or another. They have a multi-part series in which um, their hosts uh, ask various comic experts for help and advice on how they can find a public domain superhero, how they can revitalize it to sell to a modern audience, and then how they can turn around and sell that to merchandisers. And along the way, um, they decided, well, obviously they had to as well create a comic about this character. But they'd get professionals to do it. So they got Alex Segura and Jamal Eigel, uh, to create the Microface, <laughs> uh, comic. Um, now, it was originally a, uh, pre-existing, like, very, very incredibly minor, no one's ever heard of him, uh, superhero from the 30s, who wore a big mask that was also a microphone. <laughs> um, and then they were like, okay, we can deal with this. We can make yeah, this work with microphones. in the public yeah. domain also. Yeah, well, that's why. So the mm-hmm. whole point was, if you, where do all these smaller col- comic companies get these vintage characters? And the answer is usually public domain. And how does that work? They go into that as well. It's really interesting. It really goes into the business of comics and all the different parts of it. Um, if you're not Marvel or DC, 
So give it a listen. And now the comic exists. Microface number one. You can buy it on NPR.org. And in fact, I think that's the only place you can buy it. Mm. But yeah, it, I've listened to most of the series. I haven't listened to the end of it. It's it's really funny. Uh, with all things with Planet Money, uh, you you get a, a lot of lessons in how capitalism works, uh, how 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 uh, investment works, how public domain and IP uh, are transferred. Uh, but really, at the heart of it, we have a goofy story told by um, a very likable comics professional, uh, Alex Segura, <laughs> who has done pretty much everything there is to do in comics. He's an executive. He's a writer. Uh, he's written strips. Uh, and they really take you through the process of bringing a comic, uh, a certain kind of comic book to market. And, uh, it's really And also licensing it. And licensing it. Because even as somebody who knew about the rest of this, right? Like, I have been involved in comics journalism tangentially for a while. So that part wasn't a mystery to me, but the, the, how does this stuff merchandise, get merchandised part? Really was was quite eye opening and interesting to me, and also the hazards of merchandising anything public domain. <laughs> yes, there's some interesting encounters they have in there with, with some people. Uh, that it's they uh, expect it's worthwhile. Uh, and in addition to Jamal uh, uh, Eagle, who I guess did the final project. I mean Jerry Ordway that was he one did of the, the cover. Consultants. Uh, on it, on designing the character. Yeah, he did. Cover. He helped with design. He did the cover uh, art. So it's really a delight in a lot of ways. And, uh, like anything, like any podcast on NPR, it's, it's, it's extremely well done. Uh, and, and it hits you, uh, you know, you, you learn something while you're laughing as well. So check it out. Tune in next week. All right. And on that note, and on uh, that note, uh, do we have any time left? We probably don't. It's we we really are very short on time. Right. I think it's time to wrap think, this up. I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, listen, you guys, uh, go. Have you seen Loki? I've seen I've seen um, everything, but I think the last two episodes How of Loki. Don't watch the last two. How could you watch the first four and not see the last two? Uh, well, I you know, intrude. How about you? Have you seen Loki? But I, I'm going to watch the rest of it, but I just haven't. Um, well, as I've said in previous episodes, I only, uh, get Disney Plus for like a couple months at a time and then I cancel because, um, I don't have that much time to watch TV. Gotcha. And I don't want to waste money on, on subscription services, so I sort of put them on rotation. Oh, that's, that's novel. Alright. So I like, think we use our niece's password. Alright. Yeah. So like, I, I like, right, <laughs> I, I right I now out, I, out our, myself going. Yeah. Right now I have a Crunchyroll account. Well, actually, a Verve account. Um, so uh, when I unsubscribe from that because I've finished watching Thunderbolt Fantasy, then I will probably get Disney Plus again. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I am going to finish out. Local, well, we'll work on. We'll really work like. on this. We'll work on our our future media right. show. So. And let this be a plug to you, listeners. Thunderbolt Fantasy, it's awesome. Watch it. There we go. All right. Well, um, I suspect there'll be more to come.